Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We are held in the hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held, we are held. We are loved in the heart of the goddess. We are loved, we are loved, we are loved. What in your life needs to heal? Is it something in your body? Is it in your thoughts or your feelings? Welcome to the Empowered Healer Show with your host, Dr. Susan Allison. Our program will present healing methods and ideas to help you change the challenging parts of your life and support the people who mean the most to you. Now, here is Dr. Susan Allison. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad you're here and listening to the Empowered Healer Show. I'm Dr. Susan Allison, and I'm so grateful to be here with you. I am also feeling grateful about so many things today. I just returned from a women's retreat that was so inspiring, and I feel renewed and empowered today. So I hope you're doing things that also empower you. And I'm also grateful to have as our guest Bill Gladstone to talk about 2012 and share themes from his book, The Twelve. So the topic of 2012, including the prophecies from many cultures, has fascinated me for years, probably since 1994, actually. I have been reading everything I can get my hands on about predictions of 2012. Um, I've worked with three shaman, and I've worked with Barbara Hanclaw, author of the Mayan Code, and I'm so happy to uh, be here with, with Bill uh, today for him to talk about this with us. So personally, I'm excited because of my own curiosity, and also it's going to be wonderful for you. So Bill Gladstone is best known for his international bestseller, The Twelve, and for co-authoring The Golden Motorcycle Gang with Jack Canfield, who is author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Bill is also co-author of Tapping the Source and co-producer of the film of the same name. In addition, he is a literary agent for many best-selling authors, such as Eckhart Tolle and Tom Hartman. He's also the founder of Waterside Productions, and I feel very blessed to be one of their clients. Bill Gladstone has undertaken extensive fieldwork in South America, Europe, and Asia as a Harvard-trained anthropologist in his pursuit to learn the ultimate truth related to the 2012 prophecies. So, all of you listeners, if you've been wondering, as I have, about what's in store for us in 2012, this is the show for you. So let's welcome Bill Gladstone. Hi, Bill. Hi. Thanks for that nice introduction. It's a pleasure to be on your show today. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you for joining us. I have so many questions for you. We probably could use two hours. We have, <laughs> we have one, but I wanted to start with sort of when and how you were first introduced to the concept of 2012. Well, the very, very first introduction I had to 2012 really revolved around my own birthday. Um, mm. I, my own birthday happens to be 12, 12, 1949. I'm kind of older than most of the audience, but, um, so as a young child, I, I, I really had a fascination with numbers. And, you know, I was always thinking about, you know, the fact 12, 12, that's kind of an interesting number. And then I discovered the Mayan calendar when I was actually not even a teenager yet. And I realized, because I had kind of a mathematical gift, that that calendar was extraordinarily accurate. It's actually the most accurate calendar ever created by any human civilization. And Mm. I found out later, I didn't know at that time, but I was just exploring the calendar, but I did find out later that there was a direct connection between the numerological energy, if you will, uh, of my birthday and the end date of the Mayan calendar. And that was quite a coincidence. It wasn't something that I was consciously aware of um, until I really started writing my novel, The Twelve. And that quote-unquote coincidence was one of the reasons that um, the novel evolved as it did. When I had the opportunity many years later to meet Jose Arguellas, who is Mm. best known as the person behind the harmonic convergence, Mm -hmm. which was the event he created in 1987 to announce the last 25 years of the Mayan calendar leading up to December 22nd, 21st, 22nd, 2012, that he shared with me when I had the pleasure of meeting him that the message of my novel is identical to the message that he was granted, um, and depending on how you interpret Jose's mm-hmm. work, and um, he did pass uh, last February, um, you know, he feels that he was a direct incarnation of the original Mayan calendar keepers, and that wow. his purpose on Earth was to present the accurate prophecy relating to the Mayan calendar, and when he read my novel, The Twelve, he and, and I had had no prior communication with him, he said, I, I really don't know why I even read your novel, because I'm so busy with my own work, but when I did, I have to tell you that in a mirror universe, you are me, you are bringing the mm-hmm. exact same message, and then from other sources that are not traditional. I mean, I am a Harvard-trained anthropologist, and I'm kind of grounded, but I have had some very unusual experiences which have confirmed for me that in many ways my purpose on Earth really is to bring this information related to 2012 because there's been a lot of misinformation, and the reality is that prophecies have always been about the end of the cycle and Mm -hmm. the beginning of a new cycle and not about the destruction of the Earth. And so it's very important, particularly at this time when there is a lot of fear and concern over what this prophecy could mean to get the accurate information out. So that's sort of... Mm -hmm tying the beginning to the present of, of my own interest and participation and why, you know, it's not just a novel, but there's really a message uh, in this novel that I think is extremely important to be shared at this precise time. Yeah, no, I saw that all through the novel. I had read it in, in a kind of a cursory way in the past when it first came out, and I read it really carefully this time for our interview. And I saw that all the way through your novel. I saw threads that I believe were also your life that you're interweaving and then also huge themes in terms of of what we can do as a people to change sort of the negative, you know, polarized sort of view of of what's going to happen. Yeah, I I have to say, and it's not 
ego because I read the novel again recently, and I didn't even realize in many ways what I was writing and how it ties in so nicely with really positive directionality for mankind. And, you know, I'm, I don't really take the credit. It, it, you know, some people talk about how they channel a novel. I didn't yep. channel the novel, but I almost feel in some ways my life was channeled because the novel is so much based on my personal experiences. And what's really wonderful about the, the novel, The Twelve, is it's really a universal message mm. that includes people from all walks of life and all cultures, which are yep. actually people that appeared in my life. And then it does link back to the 2012, but it links back to the 2012, not so much as the fulfillment of a Mayan prophecy, but the fulfillment of a universal prophecy that mm-hmm. has been embedded in cultures throughout the world. You know, I saw that universal prophecy, and I've wondered, you know, I wondered when I was emailing you back and forth, and I wondered when I was reading it, you know, what is fact and what is fiction? And so you're telling me that the 12, who you know, those of you who haven't read the novel, and please get it, uh, you can get it on Amazon, I'm sure for selected bookstores as well, but I, I was wondering at the time, these people that came together as the 12, whether you knew them personally, they were based on people that you'd met. They're, they're, they're all based on actual real people that I've met. But what's interesting, and this is the only part of the novel that's fiction, like as you go through the novel, almost everything in the first 200 pages is pure fact. Of course, names mm-hmm. have been changed and, and other details. When I first submitted the novel to the publisher, I submitted it as nonfiction, calling it memoir or prophecy. And mm-hmm. they said, we really like it, but you know, a lot of the things, and this was back in 2008 when I first wrote it, are occurring in 2012. How can it possibly be nonfiction? <laughs> You're talking about the future. You want us to do this as science fiction? I said, no, no, we'll just do it as fiction. And so I changed a lot of the things. But the one part that is most mysterious is in the actual near-death experience that Max Duff, the protagonist of the novel, has, which is patterned on my own, Wow. I was not actually given the 12 names in that experience. That's mm. the only part that's different from the reality. But what happened, which was extraordinary, is later, 10 years after my own experience, I met a woman who had had almost an identical near-death experience in which she was given the exact 12 names. And so it was oh. a combination of her experience and my experience that allowed me the, the fictional flexibility, if you will, to create you know, a, a moving story and it is quite possible that the names that I ended up choosing do reflect the possible actual 12. I mean, there's so many traditions, because once I got into the writing of the novel, I, I read other books that have talked about the belief in the Jewish tradition, for example, in the Kabbalah, that there are 36 souls that carry the weight of the destiny of the world upon them. And mm. there's all these other traditions, many of which do revolve around this specific number 12 as being the key number, and, and we can get into uh, mm-hmm. how the 12 as a, as a unifying principle is per, permeates all of our cultures universally, and also going all the way back to Plato and Pythagoras, that the dodecahedron, the 12-sided cube, is, in their opinion, the actual shape of the universe, and why that is the case, and why the dodecahedron, the 12-sided uh, shape is also essential to the transmission of our genes and our DNA, and so there's a lot there's a lot in this novel that I, even I don't understand. But it's it, it, you know I learned much of it after I had already written the novel. But there's there's something very special about 
the, the nature of the number 12 and the nature of 12 being sort of the essential and best number for transformation. And it's really a novel of transformation. We're, we're talking about 12 transferring to 13. If you look at it from the point of mm-hmm. view of music, when you reach the end of the octave and you go further, then you have a transformation. And that's really what everything's pointing to. There is a subtle transformation already occurring on planet Earth and and the universe itself, because we're connected to the entire universe, in terms of the energetics. And that's really what the key, and it is the the purpose of awakening people at this time so that they step into this transformation. Because if you're not aware of it and you don't think in these terms, you're not going to even know that anything has changed. I mean, if if you're just not focused on it, you know, for you, it's like, well, December 22nd is exactly like December 21st, nothing happened. And there is a a very dense level on which that is true. But on the subtle level, which is ultimately very powerful, there is dramatic change coming. Yes, there is dramatic change coming, uh, whether we're conscious and awake for it or not is the question. Mm -hmm. So we will be right back, taking a brief break. We'll be back with uh, Bill Gladstone in just a moment. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Be the change. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. We are held in the hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held, we are held. You are tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at one 866 472 5795 
That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to theempoweredhealer at comcast.net. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Bill Gladstone, who's author of The Twelve. And we're talking about his novel. We're talking about prophecy. We're talking about 2012 and what we're going to do personally uh, to create a positive change in the world. We're talking about all of that. So, Bill, I have. A, I wanted to ask, we were talking about the number 12 before the break, but I wanted to ask if, if you feel that there are certain people who are meant to save the world, such as the 12. Absolutely. The, the difference is I would posit that there could be a million different groups of 12, all mm. of whom have a critical role to play. Um, I'm trying to get away from the idea of separation and hierarchy. Each and every human being potentially is one of the 12. That was one of the points of the novel. Each and every human being is potentially the one, because at at some Mm -hmm. point, if you read the novel, you'll see, and and just it's a human need. We need one. You know, that's why we had Jesus. That's why we have, you know, Krishna. That's why, you know, we need one. So potentially we all are that one. We all share those qualities. Now, in terms of how individual life patterns play out, of course, we're not in each moment the one. <laughs> there is sometimes the one, sometimes the 12, and there are individuals who do play uh, a more important role, at least on the, on the macro level. And mm-hmm. some of the things that are interesting is that many people have come to me after reading the novel and said that they too had had experiences in which they were told by spiritual masters that they were one of the 12. So Mm. it's very interesting that this is not my fantasy. If it's a fantasy, it's a shared fantasy, a group delusion, if you will, but one that's happening throughout the world with many, many different people. And so there is something very magical about the, the concept of being one of the 12, and there is, if you look at all of the world religions or the major world religions, 12 or a uh, combination, uh, for example, you know, a factor of 12 in almost all of the sacred uh, numbers in all of the, the world religions, whether it's the, you know, you have, obviously have the Christian 12, you have the 12 knights of the temp, uh, of uh King Arthur, mm-hmm. you have 144 is a sacred number for the Arab uh, Muslim temples. You have 108, which is 9 times 12, is the sacred number among the, the Hindus. So there's something really special about the number 12 itself, and that was one of the reasons that I was fascinated with my own birthday and then you know how that's connected to the Mayan calendar and how it's connected to what many people believe is the nature of transformation. And in terms of what you had said of the introduction, one of the reasons my most recent book, and it's not a sequel at all to The Twelve, but is directly related to this theme, is The Golden Motorcycle Gang, which I wrote with Jack Canfield, because that's based on the work of Barbara Marks Hubbard, which is trying to bring attention to this date, not so much as the end of the world date or even as the end of the Mayan calendar date, but as the first day, the day after the end of the Mayan calendar, of the new 26,000-year cycle, which is a cycle which all of the world religions and cultures that I've studied has been indicated as a lighter, less materialistic, more spiritual, more compassionate, more loving era. 
and in certain cultures it's called the golden era. It, mm-hmm. You know, there's other names for it, but there is something very positive potentially. And that's the important word, potentially. To realize this, we do need people to raise their own awareness. And um, the Gold Motorcycle Gang talks about very specific organizations, Unify Earth and the Shift mm-hmm. Network and uh, Conscious Evolution that Barbara Marks Hubbard is trying to organize an event that will symbolize the birth of this new age and of Earth. And, in fact, she's putting together an event on March 22nd, nine months before December 22nd of this mm-hmm. year, as the conception event, and she's going to start televising every day sort of the progress of the quote-unquote fetus for the new consciousness. So there, there's, there's more to this than just a story. If you want to get involved and actually use this very positive uh, metaphor of a new birth and a new earth in ways that will reinforce this positive directionality, which I believe is real. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you can look at all the negative things going around and, and you know, have reason to just say no, they don't know what they're talking about. But as Barbara has pointed out, emergencies create opportunities for emergence. And so yep. in many ways you can look at some of the negative trends that are going on today as actually just the signs of the collapse of the old system of the old energy and, you know, allowing something new to be born. Yeah, I love it. I, all through the book, uh, and those of you who are just, are just tuning in, this is the book, The Twelve written by um, Bill Gladstone, who's with us today. Throughout the book, Bill, you, you say things like, time has ended and a new era will now begin. The great shift has occurred. Nothing will change, and yet everything will change. You know, all through um, the book, you have these beautiful um, statements uh, by Max, the main character, and others um, about the change, about this time, which I'm you know, assuming from the book, from everything you wrote in, in, in sort of a little preface and in the postscript, you believe it's not going to be like that horrible movie that came out. It's not going to be a time of destruction. Not at all. But, okay. Say more about that. Well, the movie, the, the 2012, I mean, it's funny. I, I was in, I, I saw the movie and, you know, from mm-hmm. a filmmaking point of view, hey, hats off to you guys. You, get, you know, if I had $100 million, just imagine the movie we would make about the <laughs> the truth in the 12. But anyway, from a filmmaking point of view, spectacular special effects, not so great on the characterizations they did, but it's just a movie and it has absolutely no relation to the actual Mayan prophecies. In in fact, I have had discussions with Mayan elders and some of them even were thinking about boycotting the Mm. movie and having demonstrations because they felt they were so misportrayed in that film. But from a positive point of view, I was driving down the L.A. freeway, and they had a big, uh, you know, sign, neon sign, 2012, the end is coming. And I happened to be with Dr. Irvin Laszlo, who is the founder of the Club of Budapest and twice nominated mm-hmm. for the Nobel Peace Prize. And he was saying, oh, this is great. This is drawing attention to 2012. This is positive because we're waking people up because the reality is, yes, the earth is needing some attention, and yep. we're getting it. I mean, frankly, you know, a lot of the movements are very positive from an ecological point of view and drawing attention to global warming mm-hmm. and drawing attention to, the, you know, the misuse of, of massive wealth and the, the, the need to, you know, really come up with a way of redistributing some of this wealth in a positive way, not just for the benefit of those who have less, but frankly, for the benefit of those who have too much, because how can you, you know, have a good life in your palace if you know everyone 
you know, where many millions, hundreds of millions of people throughout the world are suffering. It, it, you know, it's not like, you know, a thousand years ago where, you know, if you were living a great life in the south of France, you know, what was happening in India was of no concern to you. We are all connected and through the Internet and media and communications. We know everything that's happening almost instantly. So it really is important that we move forward in a way that is more just and more equitable, not just in terms of, well, you know, I don't want there to be revolution and, 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 and you know, starvation, but I also want to be able to, to sort of breathe easy, sleep well at night, and enjoy what I have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's it's really a, a very positive message that we need to, to send out, that we can take steps, but at the same time to recognize that there have been some big mistakes made. I mean, let's face it, yeah. life is not perfect. We have, you know, this corporate greed going on, which is out of control. I think it's starting to get corrected. We have, mm-hmm. you know, some tremendous waste going on, I mean, on many, yep. many levels and, you know, fear and, you know, you just look at the yes. presidential elections and nominations yeah. and what people are wasting our resources talking about when they should be talking about solutions and not exactly. enough of that is happening. I agree with you. You know, back to what you were saying about the environment, too, and what we need to do. You know, you you have this passage towards the end of the book where you said about Gaia, and um, you say Gaia is the Greek goddess, and the hypothesis is that the Earth has a singular consciousness, and everything that takes place affects it. Over the centuries, every violent act has had its impact on the Earth, above all, on the sacred sites on the planet, which you... You talk about a lot in the book in terms of all these incredible sacred sites with an energy vortex uh, in each of them. That's really probably my passion because the way I got seduced into discovering my own life purpose as a messenger of 2012 really was through, uh, quote, chance. And this is one of the things you'll see in you reading the book, and it's, again, repeated as a motif in the Gold Motorcycle Gang. Synergy, or rather synchronicity, is not an accident. There are no accidents. Everything in your life is actually linked to a higher design. And as individuals, most of our lives, we ignore the constant signs that are being given to us of who we really are and what we're really supposed to be doing here. But my first encounter with this was really when I was very young. I was only 22, fresh out of Yale College, and was offered this incredible opportunity to travel around the world to make this film with Rod Serling called In Search of Ancient Mysteries. And in Mm -hmm. the course of that work, I literally was gifted with the opportunity to visit Machu Picchu and visit the most sacred Mm. sites throughout the world. And I started to feel the energy. And I'm not one of these touchy-feely kind of guys, or at least I wasn't then. I was an (laughs) athlete, and, you know, I was like a scientist, and, you know, I was like real hard-nosed. But even (laughs) as a hard-nosed person, I couldn't help but start to feel energetically the magic of these places and that magic is there for a reason there really is an interrelationship with the earth itself as a living breathing being if you will and human beings and what human beings are doing and have done actually affects the energy of the earth itself and particularly easily measured at what we call sacred sites. And there's a reason these sites are sacred. And there's a reason that in many traditions you have had healings occur at these sites and you have had Mm. miracles occur at these sites because there really is magic in the world and there really is a constant interplay between nature and human 
I totally agree with you. I've had so many experiences in my life uh, in nature, uh, on particularly on some vision, doing some vision quest work that I did, um, where it was just anyway, it's just uh, unbelievable in terms of the connection that I felt. And um, part of I think what happens is, and we can go back to so many writers talking about this, that we have separated ourselves, and we, you know we see nature as a commodity that we use for profit. And um, I, particularly, I remember Emerson uh, talking about this in his essays. But um, I think it's important what you're talking about, getting back to realizing that we're part of nature and um, at one with it, really. Um, so after well, the break... Well, this is, this is yeah. one of the things that is so interesting about this new earth. It's really going back to indigenous wisdom. It's going back to the That's right. wisdom of our greatest poets, our greatest prophets and seers. It's That's really right. nothing new at all. It's been here all along, but it hasn't received the attention and the respect nope. that it deserves. No, it hasn't. And we're going to take a break and we'll be right back and talk about this fascinating subject even more. See you in a moment. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. What are the benefits to combining modern science with ancient healing practices? For the answers, you'll want to tune into Frame of Mind with your host, Terry Sue. Each week, our program focuses on ways to live more holistically. By developing new ways of looking at our world, we can find ways to foster harmony and peace for the good of mankind and our planet. If we learn to live and think healthier, we begin to explore and focus on our strengths. Tune into Frame of Mind, Saturdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on 7th Wave Network. Be visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. are tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to the Empowered Healer at Comcast.net. Now, back to the program. 
Welcome back, everyone. We're here with uh, Bill Gladstone, who wrote an amazing book called The Twelve that we're talking about. If you're just tuning in, we were discussing sacred sites in the world that he talks about in his book, The Twelve. And he's actually been to these sites as an anthropologist from Harvard and was talking about feeling the energy, energy vortex in these sites. And I'm interested, Bill, in hearing about a couple of them, particularly since I'm really interested in healing. If you could mention, you said healings have occurred at these sites, and if you could talk a little more about that. Well, for me personally, the site where I felt the greatest energy was Machu Picchu. Mm. Um, And we know very little about what actually was going on in Machu Picchu. There's a lot of theories. This is the site high in the Andes in Peru. And um, throughout Peru and, and the mountains and the Andes, you have incredible energetic experiences, partly perhaps because it's such a high altitude. So, you know, you're, you're kind of more sensitive. And even before I got to Machu Picchu, when I was in Cusco, I happened to be there, happened, I'm sure it was no accident, on what they mm-hmm. call the Day of the Indian, which is the day when the native indigenous peoples reenact the exact dances and musical performances that they have handed down, you know, really for hundreds if not thousands of years. And I have to say that just observing these dances, you're transported back in time. It's timeless. You, you realize that you're, you're experiencing the exact same energy through the music and through the dance movements that existed at that exact spot perhaps 500 or more years ago. Mm. And these kinds of experiences are, are really not that uncommon. We, you know, we, we don't appreciate that all energy from a scientific point of view continues to exist. And if we can access that energy, we can access knowledge and information. And through knowledge and information, you can access healing. And if you look at the ability that has been, you know, recorded in the last 20, 30 years of what we call intuitive healers, what are they doing? They are tapping into these same energy sources. And mm-hmm. it's my theory that whether it's a Machu Picchu or it's a Lourdes in France or any of the other sites that have been, you know, granted as having experienced miracle healings, that the energy of the practitioners, I mean, when I was in Delphi, which is where the Oracle of Delphi mm-hmm. comes from, I felt when... I entered the the room where the oracle was, the presence of this knowledge. And uh, my theory is that when these healings happen, particularly if you have a guide, someone is accessing the knowledge that exists that can then be directly communicated. And I'm not sure how this happens. I don't think we have the scientific explanation yet. But into the, 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 the patient or the person who is suffering and that this knowledge can, in fact, heal and this, to me, and, and, you know, people like are more co- familiar with concepts such as the placebo effect. Well, mm-hmm. this is sort of the placebo effect, but at a much higher level where it's not just the placebo, but it's actually accessing the knowledge that exists from an energetic point of view and using this energy in a positive healing way. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. I love your explanation because it makes it clearer for me. Places I've been in the world, one of them was Delphi, mm-hmm. and it was a really moody, um, dark, cloudy day. It was very, very mystical, and I just 
I had chills. I had a whole sort of um, out-of-the-body experience there in Delphi. And I I do believe what you're saying, that it is the knowledge. It is the the energy of that knowledge. In well, places. well, I have a client who had a miraculous healing. I mean, this is a woman who suffered for 40 years from uh, MS. And mm-hmm. she was in a wheelchair and just at a site, a, a common which some people, you know, use as a tourist site in Sedona, had a miraculous healing which 20 years later is still holding firm where she wow. has since that experience, you know, been able to operate perfectly normally without any wheelchair, not even using a cane anymore when, you know, for 20 years she was confined. So the, these are not just you know, charlatans telling you, though, you know, like you'll see in some movies and things about these, you know, miraculous healings, and then you find out it was all a sham. This is real. This actually happens, and it happens probably to, has happened to millions and millions of people. Um, and this is something that we need to, to learn more about, and we need to study the science behind it so that... Mm-hmm. It's not just random events, but there definitely is something in terms of the consciousness in each and every one of us. We do have to believe in the possibility or we resist it. I mean, this is one of the, the, the you know, constant debates that when you have a skeptic and a skeptic is, you know, not allowing the energy in. And then, of course, they don't see or feel or, or allow the, the magical to happen. Now, you don't want to go to the other extreme of being, you know, a gullible person who believes anything that, that you know, is yep. non-normal is magical. And, you know, we have too many instances of people who, you know, have followed cult leaders and others that, you know, yep. they, they happen to have a little bit of cha- quote-unquote channeling ability. And next thing you know, you know, you, they're right on two or three things and someone is giving them all of their power. So you have to be balanced on this, but neither too skeptical be nor too gullible be, but use your own discernment, but be open to the reality that what you experience in three-dimensional reality is truly but the surface of a deeper reality. This is what string theory is all about. Mm-hmm. The metaphor they use is think of our existence as just the surface of the pond, but the deeper reality is the depths of the pond, and it's from the depths that the surface is moved. But, of course, the surface is unaware that it's not the entire event. The surface mm-hmm. thinks of itself as all there is. And that analogy pretty much explains sort of some of the problems with humanity. We think that what's going on in the surface is all that matters, and as long as we manipulate the surface, we're going to be okay. Well, the reality is what's going on in the depths is really the the generation of the surface events, yep. and that it's only by tapping into the depths that you truly can have any control over what you experience on the surface. Really true. I totally agree with you. I see it all the time with people coming to me with uh, they're ill or um, depressed, full of anxiety, and plumbing the depths in terms of keep, we keep going <clears throat> down further and further. Often in their body, we find the answers um, to what is truly going on that um, that they think they think it's this issue, but it really isn't. And, and, and the joy, the, the sheer joy when you reach the depth and can bring it back to the surface. That's when you have transformation. That's when you have breakthrough. And it happens to all of us. None of us are immune. It doesn't matter because I also, you know, through my other sort of 
day job of representing wonderful people like Michael Beckwith and Gene Houston and mm-hmm. Eckhart Tolle and Donald Walsh. I mean, these are all fabulous spiritual teachers, but they're also all human beings. And they have to make a commitment each and every morning to get into the energy that inspires them, that re assures them and reinforces for them their higher awareness and their higher knowledge because any one of us can be thrown off. I mean, we are all human no matter how successful we may be, no matter how much spiritual energy we have obtained, we can be thrown off ourselves and we need to come back to center and it's a constant process. It's not like, oh, I got it, now I can go to bed and I'll wake up tomorrow and, you know, I'm going to be all powerful. doesn't work like that. You have to make a renewed commitment each and every morning. I totally agree. In fact, you know, talking about this brings up for me a question I wanted to ask you about Max in the book who nearly dies twice. He has, um, you know, makes a fortune, loses a fortune more than once. Yep. And this is happening to a lot of people today. Well, well so you know, it talk- all happened to yeah. me. So, I, mean, I know. That's is, what I thought. I wasn't going to say that, Bill. But. And, you know, it's kind of funny. There's different levels of things. I mean, obviously, having the fortune most of the time is more fun than losing the fortune. Um, and, you know... I, you know, right now with the economy the way it is, I'm, I'm, I've got my own concerns about regaining some of my fortunes. But I have to be honest, there was absolute necessity in Max's life as well as in my own life of losing the fortune. I, I was at a place where I was abusing my fortune, yeah. not in the sense of, you know, taking advantage of people and doing things like that or even, you know, doing bad things to others, but in doing bad things to myself and those I most loved. I was I was using all of my massive wealth in a way that shielded me from being totally present. And, you know, I don't think that means that everybody has to lose their fortune to, to learn what I learned. And, you know, it's all relative. I mean, I went from many, many millions to, you know, hundreds of thousands. It's not, it wasn't that terrible. But relatively speaking, when you've had many millions, a few hundred thousand is not so much. So it was painful and, and yep. there was loss and, you know, you lose property and you lose lots of things. And all I can say is, eh, it ain't so bad. It really, it, you know, you have to, realize that the most powerful source of happiness and joy is your internal wealth. It's who you are. It's what you possess as a human being. And no one can take that away from you. No one. And whether you have a million dollars in the bank or you owe a million dollars, your true wealth does not change. Now, that said, yes, you need to take care of, you know, the material world and and the outside world. And it's better to, you know, if you can, have the million in the bank than have nothing. But that is not the key to happiness, and that is not the key to true wealth. No, it's not. And, you know, just like Max in the book, I can't tell you how many people say to me, not during, but after, that was a gift. That was a huge gift that had happened to me, particularly I'm talking mainly people who have had an illness. Mm. They often, they often say to me, this has been a huge gift. You know, it broke me open. I had to really, you know, get into my heart. I had to completely change my life, change my, my belief system. So, you know, looking at Max and looking at your life and looking at people I talk to, it seems to me that sometimes these things we call tragedies, you know, disasters, you know, catastrophe even are actually gifts. Absolutely, they're gifts. They send you in the right direction. You may be going, we have this, I'm also, you know, the co-producer of this great film, Tapping the Source, and Marsha Widener, who's just a fabulous life coach, um, has a segment where she explains, you know, you get to the top of the mountain, guess what? Wrong mountain. (laughs) And this has happened, you know, 
to so many people, and yep. it's so important if you could just realize, you know, which mountain you really should be struggling to climb, it would make yep. a huge difference. And for me, and I think for most human beings, the true mountain is the mountain of internal combined with external manifestation of clarity and purpose. And the clarity and purpose has to do with creating a life of joy that you share with yourself first and then with everyone around you. And when you have that, no one and nothing can defeat you. No matter what the obstacles, no matter what the temporary setbacks, you will always come back to balance. And so that's, and, and, you know, obviously, you know, health is, is a very special, uh, you know, category. And, and, you know, those who are, experiencing health issues and health challenges, you know, my heart goes out because those are, I think, the ultimate challenges while yep. we're here in human bodies. And yes, it, 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 they are. And, yeah, and I want to, you know, hang on to the joy word because I'm going to ask you something about that, about that when we come back from our break. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Is there a difference between dream work and intuition? The relationship is closer than you think. These are mutually supportive concepts. When you dream, your intuition serves as a foreshadow of the future and can bring rapid results through dream analysis. Tune in to The Partnership of Intuition and Dreams with your host, Dr. Marcia Emery. Explore this unique relationship and learn to understand how the symbolism of dreams can be clarified. Listen every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Yes, you can live a more positive and spiritual life. One step you can take each week is to tune in to What We're Thinking About with host Ken Ludwig. This program is designed to provide thought-provoking discussion after each week's show. Ken and his guests will challenge you to look at things in an entirely different way, to step outside the comfort zone and see the universe as it truly is. What we're thinking about can be heard live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. We are held in the hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held, we are held. You are tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. 
If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to the Empowered Healer at Comcast.net. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you're enjoying the show as much as I am. We have Bill Gladstone here, author of The Twelve. And before the break, we were talking about joy and about if you have that joy, you have that that inner peace, that um, spark inside you that nothing can take that from you. And I love that. And um, Bill, several places in the book, the word joy is mentioned, including underneath your picture at the end. Well, that's the message. That's the, the, if there's only one message in the book, it's joy. It's in my mind, and I, you know, I'm not all seeing, but in my mind, if there is in fact a divine energy in the universe and a divine creator, that creator, she, he, it. You know, I'm not really, you know, stuck on the gender. Mm-hmm. Exists and has created us and all that is to further the experience of joy. If you were, in fact, the ultimate being and you could do anything, why would you create a universe? You would create a universe so that you wouldn't be bored and so that you could experience joy in infinite entities, all of which are part of you. Mm. So for me, experiencing joy, and joy is a quality that can be shared with others because you know the joy of one person if it's at the expense of the suffering of another is not true joy but true joy benefits all of existence and in my mind is the ultimate reason we exist at all it's the reason the earth exists and of course you can find you know what is there joy like you know just in the survival aspects one animal killing another and you know those are aspects of you know the creation that you know, are necessary for surviving and for, you know, continuing growth. But the essence, in my opinion, why the earth was created in the first place was so that the creator could experience the greatest diversity of joy. Mm, Beautiful. I love that. I agree with you totally. Um, I love the, um, there's a character in the book, for those of you who haven't read it, called the 13th Apostle. And he says, may the joy of the universe be with you always. And, you know, a pure base of love. And all of this is mentioned um, by him, the 13th Apostle, and about joy. And then you sign your picture. It's so wonderful. You sign your picture in joy, William Gladstone in joy. And I completely agree with you. You know, in my case, I really do feel my life has kind of been magical, including the name that I was given, Gladstone. I mean, come on. You know, I was like targeted from day one. You know, as what a kid else in did school, you do? I was called Happy Rock. So it's like, there, you know, constant reminders in my own life of sort of, hey, look here, look here, look here. And, you know, I was very mathematically oriented. And for me, uh, you know, I see it in numbers all the time and numbers that, you know, 
for me, and it's less so now, but when I was very, very young, I didn't speak until I was six, so I was completely in the world of numbers. And the numbers became my friends, and some numbers have certain joyful qualities, and there, yep. there's joy. I mean, and you'll, any mathematician will tell you this, in, in seeing the beauty and the intricacies of patterns. And yes. for scientists that study this, these patterns constantly appear in the smallest and the largest you know, elements of the universe. And yes. so it's all about these fundamental vibrations and there, there really is an inherent joy in the universe itself that goes beyond even just our limited earth. And if you tap into this, yes. you, you begin to see things in a wider perspective and it's and particularly when you find other people who can share this awareness, and this is why Eckhart in The Power of Now, I think, wrote such an important book, because one of the things that he described was that when you catch it, when you catch this higher awareness, the most important thing to do to maintain it is to connect with other people who have this awareness. And in that way, you can also start raising the vibration of the planet itself so that more and more people have an opportunity to experience this vibration. And I can assure you, when you've experienced these higher vibrations, very hard to go backwards. You will go backwards naturally, but you won't choose to. And as long as people are choosing to focus on creating a higher vibrating planet, many of the ills, many of the social problems, many of the you know, ecological problems will start to be healed because we will naturally make choices that are for the good of all and for maintaining this higher vibration. When we're polluting each other, either with negative thoughts or negative yes. acts, we are not allowing ourselves to experience our highest joy. And so yeah, I do I think that you know books like The Twelve and The Golden Motorcycle Gang and our film Tapping the Source can make a very real difference. It's not just about a momentary high. It's about no. taking these insights and using them on a daily basis and a moment-to-moment basis to live your best life and your most joyous life. I agree with you. And you mentioned the Golden Motorcycle Gang, and uh, I just wanted to tell our listeners that Bill will be on again March 22nd to talk about that book. And in the meantime, you can go to tappingthesourcemovie.com. You can go to the you can go to goldenmotorcyclegang.com to learn more about Bill and his projects. And um, do you have a final mantra, a final word for us to inspire us, Bill? Well, I don't think I'm I'm a kind of guy with mantras because I actually have another <laughs> project called, you know, well there was a book if you meet your guru on the road, slay him. Slay because, him, yeah, kill him, yeah, because, exactly. Because it's not about one thing. It's not, you know, they're useful tools, whether it's a mantra or a teacher. But it's really my, my real message to each listener is you are all that you need to be. And all the resources you need are ultimately within your own being. So mm. go within to come without and do it with grace and joy and have a great day. That's really it's as simple as that. It's wonderful. It's perfect. And thank you so much for joining us, Bill. I look forward to our next show. Me too. Okay, take care. So it's been so great being with all of you today. I'm so glad that you've joined us and have been listening to Bill Gladstone talk about the 12, and he will be back with us in a couple of weeks to talk about the Golden Motorcycle Gang, and so I can't wait. And I am wishing you, all of you, 
an incredible day, an incredible week. Until next week, this is Dr. Susan Allison on the Empowered Healer Show, and may you have an empowering week. Thank you again for listening to the Empowered Healer Show. Please join your host, Dr. Susan Allison, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have an empowering and fulfilling week. We are held in-